This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Uh, obviously, you've had experience of this kind of situation before with Liverpool. In 2017, you beat Middlesbrough 3-0 on the final day of the season to guarantee a top-four finish. Back then, you took 21 points from a possible 30 in your final 10 games. On current form, you've taken 23 points from a possible 27. Obviously, there's still work to be done, but you're in control of your own destiny. So how do you view the job that's been done to get yourselves in that position? And also, how much attention will you pay to what's going on elsewhere in the games involving Leicester and Chelsea? Well, it's a long introduction. <laughs> Five questions in that. Um, um, <laughs> yes. Now, what is... Uh, actually, I can't remember a season where, we, where, where it didn't go... Um, to the wire um, because it was pretty much always even, even you know, there was a final like a whatever final European League Champions League or we had to fight until pretty much last match day um, for qualification for Champions League or something like that even the Dortmund was like this always long minds <laughs> to stay in the league was always long getting when we got promoted was always long. so I'm actually really used to stress until the last match day um, so what did we do we just um, uh, Found stability, um, created confidence again, or got it back, um, and scored goals in the right moments and conceded lesser. Let me say like this: that helped as well. So yeah, it was the only. It was just what we had to do um, so far. But honestly, um, all the numbers you mentioned now they have absolutely nothing to do with with Sunday, because um, these kind of games. Um, when three games are that important, can have happen pretty much everything. And I think it makes really sense to to know about that before you start a game. Even nobody should expect the perfect game, um, like in a sense of um, early lead and all these kind of things. You have to fight for it. Chris, I respect Crystal Palace too much. Um, what they want to give um, Roy in his his last game, maybe as a manager, I'm pretty sure they want to give their absolute everything. Rightly so. Um, like the last few. Um, team opponents did as well. So, um, yeah, it will still be a tough cookie and it's an interesting one because we have obviously supporters back. I would like to use the opportunity to welcome them all. I, you cannot imagine how much I'm looking forward to see you all again, at least 10,000 of you. But it's really important that we, um, with all the excitement we feel, that we don't lose patience after after a minute or something like that. If it's not going in the right direction, we need the best support possible. <laughs> very positive, very encouraging, all these kind of things. Like we left each other, um, I don't know when, years ago, it feels like. Um, and that's that's it pretty much. It will be a really intense game and we fight for Champions League. It should be an intense game. And just the second part of the question, Jürgen, how much will you be paying attention to what is going on between... Leicester and, and uh, in the games involving Leicester and Chelsea, I should say. Yeah, because of the situation, I don't think we should pay too much attention. It's it's like this: if nothing really strange happens, and Leicester's all of a sudden five six nil up and still nil nil hours and, and and these kind of things, um, I don't think we 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 should have uh, a look there because we have in our own hands anyway. We, we will not be involved in that. The team not. I will not be involved until something really strange happens. And I'm pretty sure some, somebody will tell me 
um, okay, <laughs> uh, this result at the moment is not enough, so we should um, um, go to the next gear or whatever. If that's possible, because my in my mind, we play uh, absolutely top game. That's the plan. We are on top of everything of our game, and um, so that's the plan. And then nobody should remind us, should have to remind us on anything. But um, no, we will not really look there until something happens which is interesting for us. You mentioned Roy Hodgson saying farewell to football management on Sunday. Just wonder how hopeful are you that Liverpool won't be saying goodbye to Jeannie Wijnaldum this weekend or are you resigned to this potentially being his last game for the club? Well, there's in a moment really nothing to say about, um, not in this moment because we have a game to play. So uh, we will see about all these things Sunday after final visit or in the time after that. So nothing else to say. Okay, thank you. We'll go to Steve White from TLP for just two, and then we'll go to the BBC tomorrow. That's what I can say. We will say goodbye to Graham Carter. Yeah. That's true. That will definitely happen. We say goodbye to Graham Carter, Kitman for 35 or even more years at the club. The um, the best Kitman I ever had. And we have a really good one here, but uh, most experienced Kitman I ever had. Um, father figure, grandfather figure, whatever you want. We will say goodbye to him in an appropriate way. Okay. Steve? Uh, two for PLP, then one each for the beer. Well, hi there, Jürgen. Considering how close things are in the race for Champions League football, it could come down to goal difference. How important a win do you now reflect upon the, the reverse fixture, which you won 7-0? Yeah, that's, uh, that's not really helpful. And we won that game 7-0. From a goal difference point of view, it's obviously helpful. But apart from that, it's not really helpful because I'm pretty sure... It was not a 7-0 game that day. Maybe if you remember that game, Chris Palace had chances there, there on their own, where they thought, wow, how did they score in that? So it was more a crazy one, really open. Um, chances here, chances there. The big difference was we used pretty much all of the hours. I think we had seven shots on target, seven goals. So we had a lot of games with more shots on targets and much lesser goals. Uh, this was just one of these lucky days. You don't have a lot in your life. Um, and yeah, this game will not be like this, unfortunately. And but and that's that's clear, and it's always like this. The, the Chris Palace wants to make sure these kind of things will not happen, but I can already tell. I saw a game like this only once in my life, so and I'm already um, long in the business. Means um, nobody has to worry that it will be like that. We just have to win the game. That's what we know. And we know as well that we have to fight for this. The, like the result from the first game is absolutely is nil point nil relevant for us. It's just not even information. It's nothing. There are moments when you use pictures of the first game you play against the team because what did we against them, Baba? None of these pictures are in this meeting tomorrow for the boys. Considering how far back you were and, and how many teams were between you in the top four, even just 10 days ago, did you ever waver in your belief that you would get into the Champions League? And, and how much satisfaction would, would the achievement give you compared to some of the others you've had recently? I, I didn't really think about it. Uh, to be honest, it was not that I said um, in each meeting, if you want to go to, then we have to. Uh, that's in the last two games. It was actually like this, that it was clear. Um, now, the, the, the door opened a little bit for us. So, uh, two things. The door, when the door is open, you still have to step through. Um, that's what the boys did so far, but not finally. So there's one another game to go, and that's what we what we have to um, the only thing we have to focus on. So um, and I'm, I'm I'm 
really far away from making any resume or whatever and think about, oh, where have you been and all these kind of things. Just not the time for that. Our time we played now last Thursday, Sunday, Wednesday, and we'll play on the day after tomorrow again. So that's a toughest period you can imagine. And we have just to make sure that we recover properly um, and then take one session to prepare the game and then try to be at our best against, against Crystal Palace. And then we will see after the game, it leads us to, it was a strange season that nothing will change that. It was an incredibly intense season. Nothing will change that. But we have it now in our hands to make a, a, a top, top um, finish of the season. But it's not done yet. And there's an opponent and it's football and everything can happen. And that's why we are really not in, not even close to any kind of celebration or whatever, we are really only focused on the 95 minutes we have to play. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Um, Jürgen, you just mentioned there about being the toughest period. Andy Robertson, after the, the, the game at Burnley, was saying how the players thrive on the pressure in trying to put themselves, or they have now put themselves in, in a position where they want to be. How much does that, how much does that take, though, mentally on them as well? Because... Um, and is, is it something that you thrive off as well, this pressure that, you know, you, you put yourself under to get these nine league wins, you know, on the bounce to, to get where you are for Sunday's game, this final that you talk about? Yeah, it's intense. <laughs> it, was, it was intense last year. So it was just slightly different. And maybe the season ended a little bit earlier because um, I don't know how many matches before the end of the season we were champion, but that's really usually a season is like this. We, I said it a couple of times. The, the majority of the season is therefore creating a basis for the finish, for the finishing. And um, this year we have been we created a little bit longer. <laughs> and we need more time, but it's always like this. If you want to go, if you want to qualify for the Champions League in England, you have to go until last match day if you are not lucky enough to have enough points. Um, before and that's really that's really intense for everybody. The whole year was intense for the whole world. So we all we all can't wait for getting back some um, some normality, getting that we are able to go outside or inside and have whatever lunch, dinner, a beer or something else. That's really intense. We are not used to that. That we are constantly restricted in pretty much all parts of private life. And that influence obviously our, our professional life as well. That's for you the same like it is for us. And um, so, yes, it would be great if we could do it, but it's not done yet. And um, it was intense, but who cares? We are here and have one game to go. And we are full of optimism, positivity, whatever you want, because we are really, it's like if you have to play that game now and, and, and we have no chance for anything anymore, then it's just intense. But so it's really exciting as well. And that's the way we see it. And um, yes, the boys were tired after the game for sure. The toy boys will be tired after the season. Um, and for some of them, a European championship is coming up or Copa America or whatever will be intense as well. But um, for now, it's all good. Two more today and tomorrow to prepare, to recover, to make sure we know everything about what we have to know about Crystal Palace. And then let's go with all we have plus 10,000 crazy, positive, crazy people in the stadium. Can't wait. Okay, three more questions before we go to the first embargo section. And just the 
manage expectations with those put in the hands of the embargo section. We can't take everyone because we've got a Sunday section. One for BBC Med side, one for TalkSport, one for Press Association, then we go to the Hi, Jürgen. Um, as you just alluded to there, it, it will be after the, all your focus is obviously on this last game. But after that, it's still going to be a busy summer uh, with various championships that you've talked about there. I know you'll want your players to do really well, um, but it's also a nervous time for, for a manager because you want them to come back fit and healthy and ready for what will be, you know, a, an important pre-season for you. Yeah, sure. That's the crux of my life. You want that's um, yes, I want them to do well. I said last time. I think if, if one or two would go out after group stage, I, I I will not be too sad. But I wish, of course, wish them all the very best. And some have really a good chance to become European champions. That's great. Um, and yes, mainly and also important that they come back healthy. All of them. The minimum of a holiday they will have this year is three weeks. That's we really squeeze, try to squeeze out every single day for them. Um, to make sure that that's um, that's kind of possible, um, yeah. And then next season is waiting, but we can we can adjust to the intensity then in the preseason. When we, after three weeks, you don't lose a lot, so um, means you they don't have to need to have the hardest training in the world. These kind of things, but we all need to get used to each other. Then again, after Euros and in Copa, where they all play for different teams, um, there's important time to get used to each other again. So. Um, yeah, life of a professional top-class football player is an intense one. They know that, they're used to it, they love it. But from time to time, then we need to give them a rest. And um, that will be after, whenever they go out of the, um, of the tournaments. Okay, thank you. James, TalkSport. Jürgen, yeah, as, as you've mentioned, there's... 10,000 fans at the stadium this weekend, 10,000 crazy supporters. How much added motivation will that give you and the players? And is it possible to quantify how much their absence has affected you? Yeah, 100%. It's easy. It's easy to quantify that because um, nothing was the same. We needed to get used to it. We, we did. We did. But um, it should not be like this and it should not be forever like this. I've said it millions of times that it's um, I love this game since I can think, but it was all about even when I've been in, in my in the village, I'm I'm, I'm born and, and raised and stuff like this. When the first team of the village played at the weekend, three four hundred people showed up there, and we had only one thousand two hundred people living in the village. So it means pretty much half of the village were on the football pitch, and it was a great atmosphere. And I loved that from the first day of my life. And it makes all the difference. We all need support through life. Um, means it's like if it's a positive criticism or a boost or a, a cheer up or whatever, we all need that. And in football especially, because it's a game based on a lot of things, but for sure of emo uh, on, on emotion as well. And that means we were alone. We knew they are there, but we were alone. And getting 10,000 back of them is the best news I can imagine. The final question of the open element to Karl Marker from Brestwich. Just needs to be one card. Hi, Jürgen. Um, I know you don't want to talk about Wijnaldum, but um, for a player to get out of contract, to get to the end of the season, must be far from ideal from the club's point of view because it suggests the decision is only going one way. Is that would be fair to assume? 
Yeah, it's not the first time that we had situations like that. And the boys did always well. We, the boys are incredible characters. So it's one thing to, to know exactly about the future, what will happen, stuff like this. Boys are used to um, being in, uh, in negotiations, stuff like this. Um, Gina's character is out of question. It's absolutely, yeah, he's um, a sensational guy, sensational guy. And um, completely committed to the team and to the club and all these kind of things until the last day. And we'll see. We'll see when that will be. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.